Good evening. I am so excited to be back on Facebook Live. It has been a couple weeks since, gosh, let's see, it was in August is the last time I've come on Facebook Live. So I'm going to just wait for a few seconds for you guys to join. If you're watching the replay later on, then welcome. This is September's Facebook Live, and I have um, a lot to talk about tonight. There's a lot of questions I'm going to answer that have been posted inside the Facebook group or emailed to me, and I'm going to cover those questions. And feel free to ask your questions as we get going as well. So I'm just going to wait for a few seconds because I know Facebook takes a while to notify um, people once, you know, once someone's live, it takes a minute to notify people. And while we're waiting, go ahead and come on in and just tell us how it's been going. Maybe tell us something good that happened today. Um, let's see, Katie. Katie and Marissa are here. Welcome. Um, tell us something that may be good that's happened today. I know a lot of you were out yesterday because of Labor Day. Did you have a good day? Did today feel like a Monday? <laughs> I know it always gets confusing. You're like, what day is it? And a lot of times, especially for music teachers with the rotation, you're like, what class am I getting today? It gets confusing. So I hope you guys have had a great day. But what I'm going to do is um, I made a list. I went through today all the questions that have been emailed to me or have been posted inside the Facebook group. I have made a list right here. Oh, that's really glary. Anyways, you can't see my phone. Anyways, a Google Doc of all the questions, and I um, just kind of typed out who asked what. Um, a lot of them I have gone into the Facebook group to answer on different posts and things. But as you all know, I mean, think about text messaging, right, or even email. Um, you you can say a lot better, explain things better by talking, right, on a phone call or in person uh, or a Facebook Live, I guess, than you can by just, um, yeah, typing it out. So with that said, even if I've answered some of your questions, I'm going to answer them again tonight, and you may be watching this on replay, and that's totally fine. So I'm just going to go through and answer these questions that have been submitted, and then at the end, I am going to answer any questions that have been submitted in the comments um, as we get going, okay? So welcome, and I'm so glad you're here, and I am so grateful for each and every one of you, and I hope you're having an amazing week, had a great rest of your August, and a great start to your September so far. Okay, so the first one is Jamie Wellman. Um, actually, this was just a question asked, I believe, yesterday. I'm pretty sure this is when she, um, this was asked. Um, Jamie said she asked about um, PTA asked her to do different songs at each PTA meeting. Um, and then also she also asked about how to teach content during the school year while you're also working on programs. OK, so first of all, let me mention that um, if you've looked at the Harmony calendar, if there are certain months of the school year that have five weeks, there's going to be a bonus something. Okay, so October, I can go in and tell you, October is going to be all about program planning. Um, planning programs, what programs to use for different um, oh, topics. Gosh, my brain. Um, outlining how to prepare a program, what to do, you know, with, like she said, how to teach, you know, the objectives as you're still working on a program. That is coming at you in October, but I'm going to still go ahead and talk about a lot of that tonight. So um, let me answer the first question first. Okay, so as for PTA, this happened to me. Uh, we noticed a lot of times that um, 
the attendance at PTA meetings, which you've probably all seen this too in your schools, uh, as the year goes on, especially it dwindles, but usually it's the same parents and teachers showing up each time. Um, no fault of anyone, it's just, the, that's just the way it is. And so a lot of times, I know PTA, I know for my principal, she asked that I have performances at each PTA meeting because it would help attendance come because obviously the parents of those kids singing would automatically be there. It felt a little awkward because it feels like you're tricking, <laughs> tricking them in a way where you're like, you're here to watch your kids sing, but guess what? You get to hang out for a PTA meeting as well. And so I know it gets tricky and it's back to one of those things where, um, and we've talked about this before, but you have a plan of what you want to do, right? You probably, and if you haven't yet, that's totally fine. But you've probably, even at the end of the school year or over the summer, have mapped out different programs and performances you're wanting to do during the school year. And know, and I'm talking to all of you, and I know if I've said this before, if I get one question, I know a lot of you have the same question. So that's why I address them on these Facebook Lives. Um, but what I was going to say is it, when you're planning those performances and programs, you didn't plan to also have something prepared for every PTA meeting. So a couple suggestions about this. Um, there's going to be expectations put on you by other people, teachers, your principal, even PTA, um, a lot of other people that just are always asking you to do things, right? Um, and so first of all, I want you to know it's okay to say no, or it's okay to compromise and say something along these lines. It took me a long time to learn the word no, because I have a personality where I don't like to offend people and I really want to be a people pleaser. But say something along the lines of, hey, I don't know if I can have a performance for every PTA meeting, but maybe we can pick like maybe two in the fall, two in the spring and, you know, compromise. Or, hey, I already have a program planned. I worked it out with the principal where this program is planned the same night as a PTA meeting. So that is already, you know, going to be a lot of people in attendance. And so maybe we can pick another one where we put a performance with that PTA meeting as well. I think that's a perfect way to do it. And it's okay to have a conversation around it, not just agree to something that you don't feel comfortable doing, right? Um, another suggestion I wanna give about this is maybe you, you do or don't have an honors choir yet, but if you do, this is a perfect opportunity to give your choir kiddos some performance opportunities, even if they just show up to sing one song, and even if every kid can't make it every time, because that's a lot of expectations put on them once a month, every month, that's a lot. Um, maybe you have some kind of schedule where like, I don't know, four or five kids from your honors choir show up just to sing a song, or um, one class per, you know, this particular second grade class is showing up here, this third grade class, this fourth grade class. These are just ideas I'm throwing out here because I know when you have PTA asking you to do something, you do want to do that, but it's not realistic to do a, you know, a certain program every single month because that's a lot put on your students. So suggestions for that, like I said, it's okay to say no, try to come up with some kind of compromise. And by the way, Facebook is not showing me any comments again. So I'm gonna have to switch over off my Google Docs to go see if I'm getting, missing anything. Um, it usually takes about 10 minutes and everything shows up. I don't know why. I really still don't know why. Um, and then also, so if you have an honors choir, you, they can come and perform. And then also maybe pick just different classes and then whatever kids can come from that class to sing a one or two songs would be great. Um, the next question about how to teach content while also working on a program. Okay, 
So like I said, there's a bonus coming at you next month in October about this, but I, I completely think that you can work on your um, objectives and you're still teaching music, even if you're working on a program. So what I mean is, um, you know, I mean, I can't go through every objective on this Facebook live, but for instance, when you're working on a program, you're going to be talking about tempo, right? You're going to be working on dynamics. You're going to be working on adding instruments or not adding instruments. You're going to be working on um, singing voices. You're going to be working on part of the objectives is performing. Um, and so a lot of times that is your content is it maybe is not in a typical fashion of what you would want to teach for those standards, if that makes sense. But it's totally fine. If you have certain songs, let's let's use September as an example. Let's say for September and um, you have some, you have like a song list ready to go of what you're wanting to teach. And because of a program, I, I don't know why second grade's on my brain, but second grade, you're working on a program, a lot of that stuff you're not getting to. And it gets stressful because you're wanting to get to it. But what I want to say to you is, as long as you're still covering objectives and as long as your students are still learning music, you can just go back to that stuff after the program's finished. Or I know for me personally, I, and this is a personal opinion, I don't like to work on a program from the minute the kids come in the door to the minute they leave. Um, I notice the kids start just not paying attention and you lose them easier. And so maybe, let's say your program you're working on has six songs, okay? It's just a random number I picked up, picked out of my head. Um, and let's say you've looked at a calendar and you have this this lawn to prepare your program. So you say, okay, I'm going to work on song number one on week one, but I just want to work on this song and want week one and two, and I want to just cover it half a class period. So the rest of the class period, we can still do other things as well. Does that make sense? So I hope that answers your question. And I did answer that in the Facebook group as well. Okay, I'm going to move a little quicker. Okay, Crystal, Crystal Moore asked, and I think I put another question. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, first of all, I know there's some of you in harmony that this is your first year to teach elementary music ever. And I am so very, very, very proud of you and congrats on that. And she said that she's just proud of her. So I just wanted to give a kudos to that because she just posted in the group that she's proud of herself for making it through the first day. Um, and you're all probably still feeling feelings of overwhelm and maybe it's still hard for you to get back into the swing of things. And that's why this Facebook group is invaluable to you because you can come in here, voice your frustrations, voice whatever's bothering you, what's causing the overwhelm, what's causing you to feel like you're, you know, just stressed and let us know and let us know ways that what can we do for you? What do you need? What advice do you need? And post in here. Um, you, we do not want you to be on an island on your own. That's a lot of the reason I created Harmony because it's important to me that a lot of you are the only music teacher in your building. So I don't want you to feel alone. Okay. She also asked about setting student expectations. How many expectations do you set? Where do you post the expectations and how do you go over them? Okay. So for setting student expectations, honestly, um, the procedures you go over with your students, look inside of the Harmony and um, Lesson Plan Pack. And there are some procedures, I know in the August and September one that I put in there, what procedures to go over with your students. Make sure you look at that. How many to go over is totally up to you. But I always say the more procedures you have, the better, because obviously you want your students to remember what procedure, what the procedures are in the music room. But you also, the more you have, the better, because 
that way everything just kind of runs fluidly in your classroom everything there's just no confusion about what happens next because your students know what to expect so yes I would say post them I would have them posted about right by the door when they're walking out the door they're right there to see somewhere posted in front of the classroom where your procedures can be posted it can be multiple posters it can be one list but somewhere where your students can um, reference easily visualize what the procedures are is uh, yes definitely a good thing how do you go over them well cover procedures definitely at the beginning of the school year this is what i expect this is what happens if you don't follow procedures this is what happens if you do follow procedures as a class and individually but the best way, in my opinion, since you don't see your students very often, is in a music classroom, the way to go for procedures is slowly throughout the school year. So if you have a procedure for what you expect your students to do in a group activity, for instance, if you're doing a musical game with your students, the best way to go over those procedures with your students is to do it as you do the activity. You've already probably gone over that procedure for what you expect for class participation and for what to, you know, you expect for them to do with their hands and what to do with their feet and how to cross their legs and all those good things, or maybe even how to make a circle. But the best way to emphasize procedures is to go over them as you're doing an activity. So keep going over. Procedures is not just a one-time thing in the beginning of the year. You never bring it up again. No, you go over procedures as the school year keeps going. Keep going back over them over the year. Okay, next person, Morgan Unra, and I hope I'm saying your last name right, Unru, Unra. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Um, so she had a post this, I don't know if you guys saw it, if you did not go look in the Facebook group about a substitute. Let's talk about substitute teachers for a minute in the music room. Okay, so first of all, this is something that drives all of us crazy, okay? So first of all, it is not your fault if you do not get a substitute. It's happened to me, I think, I mean, like, so I can't even count how many times the substitute wouldn't take a job I posted. But what I want to tell you is you're a teacher, just like every other teacher in your school. You are allowed sick days. You are allowed personal days. You're allowed those days because they're your days to take. So your days are allowed to you, whether you're taking a sick day for a child, for your child or for yourself or a personal day. Um, you don't have to explain to anybody why you're taking it off. Now, if you've done your job and you have left sub plans and you have called in for a sub, but the substitute does not take your job, then that's off your shoulders. You have done your job by preparing for the sub, letting whoever know ahead of time you're gonna be gone, and maybe you didn't because you woke up sick or something like that. But if a substitute does not take your job, I know how frustrating it is and I know how hard it is knowing who the heck is in my music classroom when I'm gone? You feel guilt about being gone if a substitute does not take a job, but you cannot feel guilty about that. You are allowed sick days. You are allowed personal days. You are allowed days off when you need them. That's why they're given to you. And so, first of all, if a substitute does not take a job, that's not on you. Now, the next thing I want to say about that is if you find out that a teacher aide had to be pulled from somewhere else in your school to cover your music class or they had to double up classes in PE or art that day because you were gone. Do not let that make you feel guilty because that is not your fault. 
Okay, so that's the first thing I want to say about that, and I'm talking to every one of you here because I know that so many music teachers still go in to school feeling sick, just physically ill when you should not be at school that day because you're so afraid of leaving your students with a substitute or you know you won't get one anyways, and it's more work, honestly, to call in for a sub than it is to just show up. So please don't feel that way, okay? Now, what do you do about your kids acting terrible for a substitute? If you do actually get a substitute teacher um, miraculously, and then the substitute comes in, your students are acting up for them, I wanna tell you that this is actually the norm, unfortunately. This is something that you can drill in your kids so many times. This is my expectations. This is what I want you to do when I'm gone. This is, she's gonna leave me a note. Um, this is what's gonna happen when I get back. If you do not act right for the substitute, and guess what? Nine times out of 10, it all still, you know, doesn't go the way you wanted it to, okay? So I probably have a different opinion on this than most because I've seen and I've tried the amazing sub tubs and I'm telling you right now, maybe one out of maybe, you know, 15 to 20 substitutes that came to my music classroom used the stuff in the sub tub. Here's the reason why. A lot of them don't know anything about music and this is not an, you know, I'm just being honest with you, okay? My sister is one of the most amazing teachers I know, but she can't carry a tune in a bucket and knows nothing about music. And a lot of the substitutes coming into the music classrooms, they don't know anything about music. And so if it's okay with your principal, I had a conversation with my principal. Here's the deal. I'm leaving videos, music education related videos for my kiddos just for when I'm gone. And th what they're going to do is after they watch the video, when I come back, I am going to make sure that they paid attention during the video with some kind of assessment. I got to that point. And you know what? It kept their attention. The substitute didn't feel stressed out trying to follow a substitute plan when they didn't even know what was going on. Having all these worksheets in front of them that the kids didn't use. Having lesson plans in front of them that they didn't understand because they were overcomplicated. Even if you leave them simple, a lot of them still don't know anything about music, and so it's confusing to them, and it just feels overwhelming. So for substitutes, honestly, even if your principal does not allow videos in your, in your school, the simpler you can make it, the better. And I know worksheets, wow, worksheets <laughs> seems like the go-to solution, but if your substitute's coming in your room or anything like mine, then they're not going to use them. And so just it takes a while to just get used to what to leave for a substitute. But I mainly want to talk about the guilt. Don't feel guilty about get, not getting a substitute. Don't feel guilty if they have to call in a teacher assistant or a paraprofessional to come in your classroom. Don't feel guilty if they have to double up your classes to go to PE or art because you're allowed days off. You are allowed them. And if nothing, none of the stars align in your school to help you out while you're out of the building, that is not on you, okay? Um, let's see here. Okay, and then Morgan, I believe, is also the one who asked about incorporating, yes, it was her. Um, she asked about how to incorporate popular music into the regular curriculum, because her principal would, asked her to do that. How many of your principals, I'm gonna switch over to this Facebook Live on my phone real quick to make sure I'm not missing anything because my computer still shows me nothing. Yep, or comments. Okay, hold on a minute. Um, let's see here. Okay, I'm going to go back and look at these in just a minute. Okay, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, popular music in the music classroom. So 
What I want to say about this is it's not as complicated as I promise you it sounds. I think when we hear the word popular music, especially as music educators, when classical music and folk songs and Orphan Gadai have just been ingrained in us, that when you hear popular music, you get a little like, I can't do that in school. I can't do that in school. It's not appropriate. Maybe not. you're not thinking it's not appropriate, but it's just, you're like, how do I teach music using that? It is not as difficult as it sounds. So first of all, I want you to remember that connection with your students and forming relationships is so important. You can have all the procedures in the world, all the classroom management set in place, but if you're not trying to, you know, connect with your kiddos and come to find out what they like and try to, you know, what kind of music do you guys like to listen to? And of course, they're all going to have their own styles, right? Then they're going to really love if you bring in some music that they just get something that they just listen to on the radio and what's cool about that is you can show them this this song has a steady beat let's identify the rhythm in this what's the form of the song hey do you can you identify the verses in the chorus and where it is what instruments do you can you identify in the song if there's any because let's be honest a lot of them are just you know auto-tune or whatever that is now <laughs> but then you can even with your fifth graders compare popular music to music that you're already teaching and identify, hey, did you know that this song has the same tempo? Did you know they both have the same beat? Did you know they still use it? They both use a similar rhythms in them. Isn't that pretty awesome? Or, hey, did you know this classical song was used in this hip hop song? It's happened before. And so the first thing that you can do is just kind of on your own just kind of start listening to some of the music your kids like. And a lot of them are school appropriate. They really are. There's a lot of them that don't talk about things that are not school appropriate. And there's a lot of them that don't even include cuss words. And so like, um, yeah, just if you're wanting to include more popular music in your classroom, then I would say just go for it. There's nothing to lose. And you're probably like, well, how do I do that? Well, it's just a balance. It's not just like every day you're just playing a pop song and your kids are just sitting there listening to it. It's a balance of, hey, you guys, I want to do something a little bit different today. We're going to start class by listening to this song and raise your hand if you recognize it. And they're all going to be like, what the? Oh, my gosh. I know that. I know the song. Miss Perez is playing this song I just heard on the radio or it's like one of my favorite artists. Then you can start a conversation around it. Then you can start teaching musical concepts around it. Then you can start telling them this is an activity we're going to do around this song. Let's compare and contrast this song. Let's break down what we've, what we've learned from this song. And then you just maybe throw that in there and surprise your kids every once in a while with some kind of popular music that they're familiar with. And they're going to be very, very shocked that, that it's happening. All right. Um, I'm going to scroll back over here to these Google notes and then I'm going to come back on here on Facebook live to see those questions that were posted. Okay. Um, Phoebe Sartori, uh, okay. So this is what wasn't really a question, but she posted in the Facebook group about, um, crying on her desk from overwhelm. So I want to tell you guys that it doesn't matter if you've been teaching one year or 30, that the overwhelm is still going to happen. There are days that you're going to feel so prepared and you're like, this is going to be the greatest day of music ever. These kids are going to come in and they're, we're just going to have such a great time doing music together. And then everything just slowly falls apart. Everything just, and you're, you're like, what in the heck happened today? I don't even know. And so the first thing I want you to know is that happens to everybody. There's just going to be days where all these things are just out of your control. Someone gets sick. Um, there's, 907, you know, drills, fire drills, intruder on campus drills, 
tornado drills happening all in one day. The, that just for some reason, those kind of things just make the kids already like, um, let's see what else. Oh, it's a rainy day and it happened to rain right before the, you know, one of those classes that needed to go outside, didn't get to. And then what else? Um, you know, oh, oh, the, this class is randomly going on a field trip and you just found out right before they came to music. Um, and so that threw off the rest of your day because then you're, you know, you're already like trying to figure out what you're going to do with them the next time you see them and so on and so forth. But the feelings of overwhelm are normal. And okay. And that's why I named this harmony. This whole thing is called harmony because I want you to feel harmony in your life. I want you to feel harmony in your teaching and peace in your teaching in your home life. And so what I'm wanting to let you know is, and I've said this before, you're not a robot. You are allowed to feel feelings. You are allowed to have stressful days. You are allowed to give yourself a good, ugly cry. Been there, done that, even this week. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so it is normal. But here's what I want you to do. I've noticed this in my life, and I, I don't know if any of you can attest to this or relate, but those overwhelming days, the good news is usually the next day is like 90% better. And I can't explain it. Just hard days are going to come. But if you're feeling feelings of overwhelmed, give, let yourself feel those feelings. Process those emotions. Don't keep them inside. Maybe it's you need to talk to a friend. Maybe it is practicing self-care. Maybe it's posting in this Facebook group and getting support from the teachers in here that get where you're coming from. Maybe it is just doing something to relax or whatever it is, self-reflection about why did that day go the way it did. Maybe, like I said, it's a lot of things that were out of your control anyways, and a lot of it had nothing to do with music class. It was just every other thing just going on, and it caused so much stress for you because you just weren't expecting it. And if that's any of the things that you can relate to that, I want you to know you're not normal. I mean, you're not normal. That is not what I meant to say. That You're not alone in feeling that way, and those feelings are normal, and that that is okay to feel that way. So, um, Phoebe also asked, when do you schedule programs? Okay. That's a totally personal thing, but scheduling programs, a lot of times do that at the end of the school year. I know you can't do that right now because it's September, but you look at your calendar and we talked at the very beginning of this Facebook live. And if you missed it, go back and watch the replay in a little bit, but about you can schedule your programs around PTA meetings. There's a lot of times there's cookies with Santa or there is some kind of fall fall something at your school and you can a lot of times scheduling programs that go along with something else going on at your school is a lot of times a good idea because it gets a lot of attendance there um there but you can do holiday programs you can schedule them out you know throughout the school year so they're not all squished together i would avoid may or if your last month of school is june i would avoid those months because you're going to have a lot of you know, maybe talent show, kindergarten or fifth grade promotion. If you have that at your school, um, there's going to be a field day. So avoiding that month at all costs is very important. Try to avoid the week before spring break. There's going to be a lot of kids gone where they are leaving for vacation and getting checked out early and things like that. Same thing, actually, the week before any holiday. I would avoid that too, if at all possible. If it's not possible, that's okay. Um, a lot of times it's out of your control. A lot of times it's up to your administration and they'll say something like, I want you to do a pro program here. And you're like, cool. And it's maybe not a diet that's convenient for you, but also look at your calendar. That matters. It matters. I promise. Look at when is it convenient for you to do it, especially in December. 
Maybe you're really involved at your church or you're involved in a children's choir or you're involved with maybe you're teaching private lessons and you can't do all the things in one week. It is going to to drive you crazy because you've got to think about your home life too. You're also going to be preparing for Christmas with your family or whatever holiday you celebrate in December. And you don't want to shove everything in one week because it's going to be very overwhelming. And so there's just a lot that goes into when to plan programs on a calendar. Um, It's up to what topics do you pick? It's do you want to combine it with events going on at your school? Do you want to have some performances combined with PTA meetings? Do you want to spread out programs throughout the school year? How many programs are you doing? Are you combining grade levels together like kinder and first, second and third, fourth and fifth? Are you, um, yeah, so all those things contribute to it. But I would love to hear you guys' ideas too. I have two more questions to answer and then I'm going to hop over to the Facebook um, feed to make sure I'm not missing anything. Brenda Campbell asked, and this was, I'm going all the way back from our last Facebook Live to now. So a lot of these were asked a long time ago. How do you build community in the music classroom? And I love this question because this is something I'm very passionate about. I honestly just think it takes time. I think that just showing up and having a smile on your face, saying hi to your students as they walk in the door, making it a point to learn their names, making it a point for them to see that you care about them. Maybe you're, like I said, five minutes at the beginning or the end of class, you're asking them questions about what they even have for dinner that, you know, the night before, or letting them just have conversations with you about their favorite music or about something they just did in the class before they came to you. Um, um, But forming relationships with each other, a lot of them already know each other, but what I think is really cool about the music classroom is you'll see kids working together and, you know, being partners and doing group activity and having conversations where they would never maybe have talked to that child in the classroom. Because a lot of times in the regular classroom, and I know this even from a mama standpoint, because I have a son with special needs, they're grouped with, which this isn't a bad thing, I'm just being honest. They're grouped together with kids who are on the same learning level as them, not necessarily just grouped together. Does that make sense? And so what I love about music is a sense of community is already being formed without you a lot of times having to do anything, without you having to even force it or even talk about it. They're just automatically starting to work together, you know, and you're seeing these little relationships blossom that maybe wouldn't have taken place anywhere else besides the music room. So just staying consistent with it, trying to assign different partners or reminding them, hey, you've already been partners with them, be partners with this kid, or hey, this you guys were in a group together last time, let's be in a group together this time. Maybe switching up the seating chart every now and then so they have you know chances to sit next to kids they haven't sat by before, having conversations, and a lot of times, kid A who says they had spaghetti for dinner the night before, kid B two rows behind them says, hey, I did too, and then a conversation started. Um, and it doesn't have to be just about dinner, but I'm just giving an example. But there's a lot of ways to build community in the classroom. But it just takes time. It just takes time to get to know each other and to have conversations and to you being the um, the person who has these conversations and gets them started and gets them going with talking with each other and, you know, forming a sense of community with each other and letting them know that each other matters and talking to them about teamwork in the music room and how much it's important that they all work together in the music room and that um, I know my middle school, I don't know why this just came in my brain because that's how my brain works. But my middle school basketball coach said there's no I in team and that has stuck with me. It's those little, you know, 
phrases that teachers say to you over the years that stick with you, but there is no I in team. And tell your kids that in the music room, meaning we're a team in here. We don't work alone. We encourage each other. But if someone can't do something the way that you can, that's okay. Help them out. Um, if someone can't play recorder very well, then partner them up with someone who can. If someone's having a hard time holding the mallets, then partner them up with someone who can. If someone who doesn't have the greatest singing voice, we don't make fun of them. We encourage and sit them next to someone who is like the Mariah Carey of fourth grade. You know what I mean? Just keep encouraging. And we all encourage and we say kind words and no negativity is allowed in this room. And the last question is Nicole Teague asked, how do you use solfege in music? And before I answer that question, I'm going to hop back over here real quick. So I feel like there are a lot of ways to um, use solfege in music. So um, this this depends a lot on, and she asked this from a new, new elementary music teacher standpoint, okay? This is a personal opinion. This is just honestly, in my opinion, it's a personal opinion thing. There are many ways. So you can warm up your music classes by using solfege. I think my dog's like, if she knows I'm in here and the door's locked, she kind of sticks her paw under the door. Sorry, it's distracting me. <laughs> Warm your students up by using solfege. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole scale. You could just warm them up with a few, like for instance, um, do, me, do, me, do, me, do, or whatever it is. And then as you teach songs, talk about the solfege patterns in the songs you're learning. Hey, we just warmed up with do, me, and then whatever song you're learning, can we identify those pitches in this song? Um, there were some great suggestions given on that. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this question because I feel like solfege is just kind of used throughout the class period. And it doesn't always have to be with hand signs. It can just, a lot of it is just identifying where the notes are that the kids are singing on the staff. The reason solfege is used in elementary music is so you're not having to constantly go, this is in the key of C, this song's in the key of G. This is the key of A. It's movable dough. So, hey, dough is moved to here. Now this is me. And that is a lot of it. And it's it's a kind of a long conversation about solfege. So if you have any more questions about that, feel free to ask. Okay. So Marissa said, I'm hopping over here because my computer still doesn't show me comments. Had a hurricane day, so I was able to catch up on grading. No rain, fortunately. Oh, Marissa, are you in Florida? Are you still on here? It doesn't show me who's on here right now. But I know Florida, yeah, it looks like the hurricane slowed down. And so all of you in Florida and the East Coast, if you're in this group and you are on the East Coast, we are praying for you because I know that hurricane is no joke. Um, but I'm glad you got to catch up on grading. That's a good thing. Okay, Katie, we did much of week one today, but Put It Somewhere was a total hit. Every class got a case of the giggles, including me. Yes, that game is so much fun. She's talking about... Katie, remind me, are you still on here? It doesn't tell me who's on here. But um, are you talking about the game that I put in, um, oh, in the August and September lesson plan, lesson plans. There is a game called Put It Somewhere. And if you haven't seen that yet, go look at it because it's really fun. Uh, so, yeah, I love to include fun games in, in music lesson plans. And, and by the way, I'm working on this month's lesson plans, and there's a lot of different activities being coming at you as well. I've got a performance planner in my TPT store. Let me know if it's okay and I'll share a link. Of course it's okay, Katie. I'd love for you to share that um, because any way to plan performances is a great thing. Okay. I'm not seeing any more questions, but I'm going to hang out here for just a couple more minutes to wait and see because there's a delay on my phone. But I hope you guys are doing great. I really do. I am, um, yeah, 
September, some of you have just started school, some of you have been back in school for a couple weeks now, and whatever it is, I hope that by now you are back in the swing of things, and you are kind of just getting your groove back. If it's your first year, you're figuring it out. Second, third, fourth year, you know, this is the year for you that you are feeling more comfortable in your skin, and that you are feeling like, okay, I kind of feel like I, I know what I'm doing a little bit more. And if you've been teaching several years, that's totally awesome too. I know each year sometimes feels like your first year of teaching again because you get a new crew of kids. A lot of those kids have moved up a grade. Not a lot of them. Most of the kids have moved up a grade. And yeah, just figuring out what you're doing. What am I changing up? How am I going to do it differently? What do I? What am I wanting to do here? What am I wanting to teach? It just takes a while to get back into the flow of things. And so I hope you're doing an amazing job. And on top of that, in your home life, when it comes to meal planning and getting those dinners ready and laundry and staying on top of all that. I hope that you have a plan down for that. And if not, if you have any questions about that, feel free to ask in this group about suggestions like how do you stay on top of life tasks? Let us know. And we would love to give you some suggestions. All right, you guys, I know you're tired. I know you've had long days at school, so I am not going to stay on any longer. If you have any questions after this video, feel free to post in the comments here or anywhere in the Facebook group as usual. I hope you have an amazing day tomorrow and finish off this week strong. And I will see you next week for our members call. And I'll send out email, an email about that for, with more information. All right, you guys have a great night. Bye.